Starting in September of 2023, the state implemented a new background check requirement for the purchase of ammunition for firearms in New York. The requirement, which comes with new fees, was approved in 2022 by Democrats in the state legislature and Governor Kathy Hochul. Based on anecdotal evidence, the rollout of the new gun safety measure has been bumpy, to say the least, and the state police have been tight-lipped about the new system, declining an invitation to this show, as well as refusing to answer specific questions about the rollout. To talk about the implementation of the background checks, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by State Senator Jake Ashby, a Capitol Region Republican. Welcome back to the studio, Senator. Dave, thanks for having me. So we spoke with a Second Amendment rights activist a few weeks after the background check system had been implemented, and he called the process a quote-unquote giant dumpster fire. What do you think of the rollout after now four months? I think that's an accurate uh, description. The fire's still burning bright? Yes. And why do you say that? What is it about the process that is so problematic at this point? Well, just to start out with, uh, Dave, I voted against this. I thought uh, a lot of the flaws that we are now seeing with the attempted implementation of this were pointed out uh, as this legislation was making its way through. And again, what we saw was a deaf ear turn to... Uh, our suggestions and attempts to reason with our colleagues. And now we see these flaws up close and personal. And this isn't just a, an insult to Second Amendment activists and, and gun owners, but really small business owners as a whole when we see the impact of this tax that's moved forward and the attempts to claw back on this tax when, for example, someone goes in to purchase the ammunition and the transaction isn't fully processed or doesn't go through, that tax is still charged again afterwards. So in many cases, from what I've heard from constituents uh, and from friends, is that when they've gone in to purchase, the background check may be disrupted, the tax is charged, but there's a break in processing it. They can't claw back that fee, that tax. And that that's occurred. the $2.50 fee that they impose with this? Correct. So then they're charged again. And for those people who've had difficulties in this because there's been such a high volume and such poor rollout in it, there seems to be quite a bottleneck. So for many people, they've been charged a lot more than once for this and still unable to really complete their purchase. The answer to that is not to try and fine tune this. The answer to this is just to stop, (laughs) you know, is 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 to really end this and look at what we're doing here. And it seems like the governor's course of action continues to be, let's contract this out to a third party and ignore it. Uh, We haven't really seen much attention given to this issue that's going on. And again, that seems like a reoccurring theme. When there is a, a big problem that's going on, it takes a significant amount of pressure and attention for her office to really regard it as a, as a serious issue and give it the attention that it deserves. We just saw in the state of the state the other day, no mention of the migrant crisis at all. 
at all. And you see similarly there, a third party contracted out to handle this. So in December, about three months after the implementation of this requirement took effect, uh, it was announced that this company, Tyler Technologies, which had worked as well in New Jersey on their uh, background check system, had been contracted by the state police to, to work uh, on the system in New York, uh, theoretically improving the proficiency of the process. Are you optimistic about the likelihood of the process improving as the state tries to, I guess, put the plane together in midair, so to speak? No, I'm not optimistic about it. And I think from what I'm hearing uh, from business owners and from constituents is that it's not improving. And again, we're not seeing any sort of... Uh, decisive or any action at all to address these issues. It's just, you know, apathy. Uh, and, you know, that's not going to help. That's not going to help things. You need to be able to work together, right? Whether it's Democrat or Republican, whether it's government and small business, whether it's constituent and representative, you need to be able to work together in order for things to function. Uh, and, this is an example, again, of the current leadership we have in the state just turning a blind eye to that and continuing to do things the way that they see it. And I don't even know if they hope it works out. They just are going to go their way. And we asked uh, the state police about the work uh, of Tyler Technologies and uh, if they represented a, a sort of a change in the process from what was initially done. Um, their response was that the state police does not discuss strategies or operations as it puts our members and the public uh, at risk. Uh, so the only information we've gained from this is about a press release that Tyler Technologies has put out. And I'm curious whether that issue that I just sort of highlighted there speaks to a broader concern you have about the state police's response to uh, this rollout. Are they being forthright enough about this? Are they disclosing enough, not just to maybe the media, which always wants more information, but to the people who are impacted uh, by this? The, the gun owners, for example, who are maybe looking to buy uh, ammunition and are being denied and maybe don't even know why? I think the state police are put in a very, very challenging position. And the fact that they're having to enforce a law that is very, very flawed and very difficult to implement. And I would have a hard time believing that they are not incredibly frustrated by this policy and what's taking place as a result of it. We had heard that at least initially, there were some New Yorkers who already had pistol licenses, but potentially for years, who were getting flagged by the background process when they went to buy ammo. To you, does that mean that this is a broken system? Because theoretically, if you've already been licensed to own a gun, you probably should be able to purchase the ammunition. Or does that potentially mean that the system is working to flag people who maybe shouldn't have gotten through the system initially or have since done something that warrants a, a more scrutiny about their gun ownership ability? I mean, I think for those people who uh, had, had made lawful purchases before, who had passed the background checks, and they're being flagged, that obviously suggests that there's a flaw here. Uh, for the people who 
may have had a reason arise to where uh, they should have been flagged in those background checks, that's where we need to really look into it and make sure that it's being accurate, right? Because for those people who have had things come up to where their purchase should be impeded, well, you want that to happen. You don't want uh, you don't want people who are a danger to themselves or others to be able to gain access. But for the for the people who have been lawful, law-abiding gun owners uh, their whole lives, and you know, are just looking to make ammunition purchases as they regularly and normally would, they're faced with a process right now that's not a process. It's a giant roadblock, uh, and that's you know, on fire, as one of your guests said. So we mentioned the fee of $2.50. We're heading into the budget process right now. What sort of questions and I guess more importantly answers are you going to be looking for during this process to find out how the state is utilizing that money and whether or not it's being actually reinvested into this service to try to improve the quality of the uh, background checks and the timeliness of them? Well, we're certainly going to ask those questions. Uh, I'm not optimistic that we are going to get uh, even a response on that. Uh, if, if we are, it will be some sort of uh, circumlocation that isn't really, uh, isn't really providing us with any uh, in- information. But we need to ask these questions. We need to get, get it on the record, and we need to make sure that people are aware of this because... I believe that this is a trend that we are continuously seeing with how uh, this administration is handling challenges and what they view as political flashpoints where they can score points uh, with people rather than develop good policy. So you mentioned that you were opposed to the legislation that rolled this out and you sort of already expressed your skepticism about the ability to improve the system moving forward. In a perfect world, do you think there is merit to the idea of doing a background check to purchase ammunition for a firearm? Should it be part of the overall background system that we employ for firearms, which are you know useless without that ammunition? I believe the background check should be done at uh, point of sale and uh, time of sale of, uh, of the firearm, okay. not necessarily uh, ammunition. Uh, that's where I think, you know, they should, they should take place. And I, I think what we're seeing, <laughs> I think what we're seeing right now is an example of why, you know, that the legislation that is being implemented uh, right now is so onerous and difficult to implement uh, so many issues are coming up and affecting, uh, affecting people of all ages, of all political stripes, right? And what's the way forward with that? How do you tweak that, right? Have you heard from any of the supporters of this legislation how we could modify this to where it could be workable? I haven't. No, it seems, I haven't heard anything. Yeah, on it that. seems traditionally, as an observer in Albany, that gun control advocates traditionally will pass a measure, and then sort of walk away and move on to the next thing. Right. Um, What about the idea, though, that ammunition checks are an important safeguard for people who might be 
handing a gun down for, throughout a family and they might not be going through the licensing process when they're inheriting it or whether you are someone maybe who owns a gun illegally and you figured out how to get that illegal gun but uh, you haven't actually gone into the process of uh, you know getting your bullets illegally are there some people that might be caught uh, by the background checks i'm not going to sp- i'm not going to speak to the uh illegal acquisition of firearms or uh or or, or ammunition they can stomach illegal gun ownership but illegal ammunition ownership they draw a hard line in the sand there potentially right i mean these are the these are the these are the flaws for for people who are making uh, who are gifting firearms to you know their son their grandson their granddaughter whoever right I think those judgments are made in good faith, and and they should and they should be respected in that in that regard. If uh, if there needs to be some sort of uh, background check for that, I think those already exist, right? If if it's going to be a pistol, that has to take place. If it's a if it's a long gun, if it's a, if it's a twenty two point of sale, that can take place if they if they'd like to go through with that measure. There's possibilities for that. Well, we've been speaking with State Senator Jake Ashby. He is a Capital Region Republican. Senator, thank you so much for making the time. Hey, thanks, Dave. Good to be on. Capital Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.